Hi, and welcome to episode 66 of Invest in You. Now, today we're having a guest, which I haven't done for quite some time. Dad has maybe done it while well, I've been away, but I haven't done it in a while, so this would be really nice. Right, so who's on the podcast? Well, it's me, Charlie Sandbell. And I'm Ferry Sandbell, and our super special guest from the UK, Vicky. Talk, tell us, who are you? My name's Vicky Boucher, and I'm both a property investor, a mother, a nonna, which is an Italian grandma, uh, author of five books, contributor to another five books, I think. Awesome. Um, international speaker. That's about it. That's me. Oh, and scuba diver. That's really important. I, I like awesome. diving. I like diving. Perfect. Right. Um, I'll, I'll start to dig, dig deeper first. Where does your, your surname come from in the world? Um, I'd like to say I'm a Heinz 57 European. Yes. On my mum's side, um, it's all sort of English and traced out to Holland. Yes. And on my dad's side, he held an Italian passport, but um, it's actually sort of Austro-Hungarian origins. Awesome. Um, He was born in a place called Fiume that used to be in Italy, then ended up as Rijeka in Yugoslavia, and now there is no Yugoslavia, so it's Croatia. So we're a real... We're a real good mix. All right. Now, the, the reason why I ask it, I love to travel and I know quite a few different languages. So I, I wasn't sure you had like a German link and you mentioned Italy. Yeah, I think it's Hungarian rather than pure German. And, and technically it should be Vusche, I suppose. Yes. Um, but the Brits would call that Vusche. They just wouldn't notice it. In fact, some of the pronunciations of my surname are quite historical, really. All right, excellent. Thank you. I like to travel as well, and we, we do our best with every country we go to to um, learn how to say hello, goodbye, please, thank, thank you. you. Um, can I have some beer? You know, this is very good to say the food's nice and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we've, we've mastered that in a good few languages now. Perfect. Now, yeah. that, that sounds good. Uh, surely, uh, Vicky doesn't know anything at all about you. Just super briefly, who are you? Uh, well, my name is Charlie Sandvall. I live in Sweden. Dad lives in England and he uh, visits me sometimes. And uh, Dad is trying to teach me about business and we're writing a book and we have this podcast. I'm basically trying to do self-improvement until I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. So my, my aim is that he will be financially free for life before he's 18. Okay, I was just going to say, uh, obviously I can see you on the video. Without being too rude, and of course you should never ask a lady her age. Can I ask you how old you are, Charlie? I'm 13. 13. Awesome. Yeah. Well done you. And do you still go to a regular school? Yeah. So then this is your extracurricular activity? Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated others. by this because does that mean that you fall out of step with your own peer group? You know, that you think different things, you know yeah. different things. How does that yeah. work when you're at school and you're supposed to be a 13-year-old boy when you know well, all of this uh, stuff. Uh, well, I guess there are different sides for me. You can still be a humorous person and also be working with business. So you are just basically different sides. They don't really know that I have business sides. Uh, they know I have some different sides, but not business. And uh, it, it doesn't appear. Yeah, I, I would say like the, the peer group in, in the class and even like the whole school is so extremely different. I don't know anyone else more than Ivan and Charlie who has got any kind of educational 
around this at all. How many people in your school? A mm, few hundred, like uh, 300. So three, three, four hundred people. And, and uh, it, it wouldn't even make sense for me to to try to convince anyone. But there, there are lots of people who like entrepreneurial parents. They think this is awesome, of course. Uh, but it's not easy to have like a relationship. We've been working together now for five, Since, five, five six weeks yeah. together. And we've been doing like social media things. We, we've been writing a book. Uh, we've been going to the beach. We're doing like playing stupid games. We've been doing everything really. Uh, but it's a fantastic question. Uh, and the same thing, they're like, we as parents, we, we want to push our kids and shouldn't push our kids. Uh, help our kids at the same time, not make it too easy for them. So it's yeah. a tough balance. Uh, yeah. Have you got kids yourselves? Yes, parents, right? I, um, I'd like to say I've got kids. And for, unfortunately, now what I've got is adults. Yeah, that's, I've that's got, good counts. I've got adults. Uh, Charlie, my younger one, is 29. She yeah. lives in Slovakia and is um, a fifth-year medical student now. Right. Uh, but she still helps in the business. And Kimberly is my older daughter. She's 31. She's the one who has our granddaughter. So we also have Amelia, who's going to be three in November this year. So, yeah, we've got the whole chain. But we've also yeah. still got my mum alive. So we're actually a full four generations. My mother not only knows her grandchildren, she knows her great-grandchild as well. And it's all of that sort of stuff since the birth of Amelia and, uh, you know, changes in my health and changes in my mum's health and everything else that made me really start to think about the future. So I know your podcast is called Invest in You, but actually I have so many ideas going on. Yes. So to sort of pick up off of Charlie, one of the things that we've got going there is I always used to be a university lecturer, um, passionate about enabling people to understand money. I do feel there is a bit of a thing around money and that it's the... Um, the purview of the rich and um, something that's complicated, but actually it's not, it's simple, it's a tool. It's just like learning to drive a car, you should learn money. So with my son-in-law, um, we are creating a program, a financial education program. So he works in school and he's helping me conform to secondary school yep. requirements. And so I'm putting some of my knowledge down to age 13 to 16 year olds to help them so we'll run that as a side project um, but then I'm also passionate about helping people understand property which is also a tool you know we we seem to particularly in the UK feel that we're no one if we don't own our own home which is not true we yep. need to master property we don't have to live where we own we don't have to own where we live but we do need to have a grasp of property as a tool for our wealth creation and so that's sort of where some of the writing, the books came from my very first um, uh, forays into property investing. And then later my thoughts on how I could educate my daughter. So when Kimberly, my elder daughter, came yes. to me and said, hey, mum, you buy houses, will you buy me one? Then came the lesson of, yeah, that's not quite how it works. And that prompted <laughs> my third book. Which yep. is probably roughly the time we met back in 2012. Yes. I wrote Property for the Next Generation, which was that idea of property is just another one of these tools. It's something for us to learn how to use. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, our, our interests are, are very similar. Like our like bigger purpose and reason why what we do, like to help others to get more 
control of their own lives and financial future. It's, yeah. it's so similar. And uh, our paths have crossed quite a few times in the last few years. And mm -hmm. uh, more recently also working with uh, Dan Priestley uh, on uh, one of his programs. Uh, so Dan Priestley is, again, very much a global entrepreneur uh, and um, helped us to structure our business or our thinking a bit. So yeah. the, the, the program Key Person of Influence, can you remember why you, why you joined? Because you were, just like myself, you were doing really good things out there, like presenting globally uh, and so on. So what brought you to that program? So I've, actually worked, I've actually worked with Dan twice. I first met him back in, I think, somewhere around about 2007 when I joined something that doesn't exist anymore, but it was called eCademy, and that was a global networking business run by Penny and Thomas Power. And I met Daniel through there when he was running events and he was bringing over people like Dr. Demartini and Roger Hamilton. And he ran an event in London at the Palladium called Akasha. So yeah. I went along to Akasha. So I met Dan back in those days. And then in 2012, um, I knew I wanted to take my business on to the next level. I knew I wanted to write a book. Um, I'd already got a book published in 2010. Um, and actually what happened in 2012, I wrote three books. So um, I wanted to use that program as a framework to grow my business. And, and periodically through, oh gosh, maybe over the last 20 years, whenever I've thought to myself, right, now I'm ready to make the next change or um, I need to shift something in my business. It could be how I approach sales. It could be something rudimental like using social media or some software or it's actually at a higher level about understanding business then i search out the people that i want to work with and i suppose that's part of the investing in you yes. um, so, so my investing in you three as i said there probably should be a a fourth corner for health because yes. i tend to sort of forget that sometimes but it's vitally important so mine are investing in myself which maybe that is the health the spirituality the mental well-being and for me it really is very heavily on the mindset then there's the investing in my um, family so that's how i contribute my time and share my knowledge which is very much what you're doing with charlie now and then the other part um i used to think of it as business but actually since the writing of my fifth book this is where my wealthy non-traditional retirement plan sits and it's it's a wealthy plan because it's not about how much money you have because how much money I need will be different from what you need, Frederick. Yep. Um, but it's about having the right amount of money that enables you to fulfill the life that you have planned. And what I want to plan is a non-traditional life. I don't want to work <laughs> until I'm 65 and someone tells me that I can or can't have a business or can or can't be in a job. Um, I know what I want. And sometimes I change my mind, which is totally my right as well. But I think that I can say I've been non-traditionally retired since I was about 48. Yep. Um, and so I haven't had to work because of the investments I made. I didn't know that that's what I was doing. And it's sometimes it's only with hindsight you can look back and go, oh, wow, I made all of these decisions and they've really supported me to be where I am now. Yep. But more importantly, they provided this foundation for me to move forward. And it's sometimes when I get those recognitions that I get this urge to share what I have 
recognized in my own life in the hope that it spurs some thinking in others. So all of the property books were in that feel and very much the Wealthy Retirement Plan is subtitled A Revolutionary Guide to Living the Rest of Your Life in Style. And it's about recognizing that the future is about time Yes. and how you want to spend your time and then making sure that you have the right amount of money so that you can spend the time in the way that you want doing the things that you want. Yeah, I mean, it's really ironic in terms of like the whole traditional retirement plan where you save, 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 might pay off your mortgage throughout your life. So later when you're uh, 60 uh, or 70 years old, you can actually now enjoy your savings and, and travel in in in, uh, in bliss and, uh, and and really enjoy life but then you might not have the body along to really enjoy sure. so yeah but actually uh, the messages that i'm getting from people is what they're worried about is that when they get to 65 they're worried that they won't have the money to enjoy themselves in the way they want absolutely. and i think the other thing to realize touching on the health stuff is that actually we're going to live easily into our 90s and 100 yeah i agree uh, Charlie's generation could easily reach 120. Yeah. And I know when you look at the actuarial tables, what they do is they turn around and go, oh, for a woman, I might make 79, and as a man, you might make 77 or 79 and 81, whatever it is. But I don't think that they're basing it on a historical data. I can already tell you that my mother, who was born in the 1930s, yes. is already in her 80s. So she's already beating the actuarial tables. And yes, it does rely on you to take care of your health. But actually, the inventions and the interventions of medicine, I think, are going to speed this curve up that they're not planning for it. And if you're just thinking that you can rely on a government pension or even a private pension to support you through maybe 10, 15 years of retirement, you're going to have a very impoverished yes. 80 decade, 90 decade, 100 decade. You've got to do more now. You've got to be more prepared than this. Yeah. You get that, Charlie? Yes. Indeed. That's indeed. Really now, we, we just had a, a relative passing away, actually, not just a few, few days ago. Yeah. She was 94, uh, still living at home, uh, unfortunately, on her own, but still. Uh, and, and she's not really a huge exception to, to the rule of what's happening right now out there. Um, I'd like to link back to a few people you... Penny, for example, many other people you mentioned that you met earlier on, surely met them now uh, in, in the last four four years or so. I mean, Penny, you, know, you met them at uh, the KPI course. Penny Power. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, so that was on the social media day. And then you he went to, to Bali to work on his business was two years ago now with Roger Hamilton. Uh, oh, okay, was, did you? That was really great uh, as well. And how did you find that, Charlie? It was a really good experience and uh, it was great for my learning even if I was so young and um, it was an old business we had. We, uh, we, I'm not too sure if we're going to be picking it up again, maybe, maybe not, but it has been a really, really great thing and made me learn. And being in Bali is also quite great, so that was a huge <laughs> plus. Yeah, it's going to make that learning really tough, isn't it? Mm, beach or Roger? Beach or Roger? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, ultimately, I had to convince the, the headmaster to let go of him, him and Ivan for two weeks uh, plus uh, out yeah. of normal school. Uh, at the time, where, no, you were, still, you were in Sweden, yeah. yeah. So then and then when I came home to the freezing <laughs> cold Viking Sweden, I was completely brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and full, full, full of ideas that really yeah. can't, can't talk to anyone about it either. Uh, 
Uh, like so how like creating a whole campaign to sell education for teenagers uh, and so on and so forth so yeah it's interesting because one of the things i always wanted to do as a, as a side out of the um property for the next generation book was bring together entrepreneurial parents like you yep. and your children to run events and i think we need to find more ways that we can get the parents and the children together yep. at events and start sharing this knowledge and then eventually once we sort of have got some cohesive group then we can ask people like roger hamilton or whoever yes. that would come and speak because Craigie, if you've heard roger speak he's fast he's yes. fast and he's high and then Di martini is just another level completely to find people that can communicate not at a level that the children can understand in a way that says that you're dumb and you can't understand stuff but in a way that relates to you because talking about the interconnectivity of the something or other of the doodars it's got to be relatable to the young people so that they can take these snippets and then start to run with them and then start to work together in groups and and then not be isolated like you are in school not be able to not talk about your business ideas other than with your dad and you're so lucky to have your dad as, as a partner there yeah what if you could then have these conversations with other young people so yeah and i do i do feel that's really missing in the british education system and sounds like it's missing for you yeah, at home as well it's, it's missing it as well in, in many yeah. aspects so uh paul they're the future charlie's paul, the future you know, um, yeah he, he is really influenced by dr dimartini for sure uh, and then I know that he, uh, Paul Mahoney, is working with uh, Progressive and, and Rob Moore, and he's got uh, a thing for his for for younger people, but he doesn't have kids in this age yet. Simon Such would also like to create like an academy. Uh, he doesn't have kids yet in this age yet. I have to take uh, initiative now. And, uh, time pressure. And we got uh, Rob, Rob Moore is setting up his foundation. He would like to do something also for yeah, like younger people. Um, so Charlie, where are you right now with uh, with that? Well, I'm a young person. Yes. Okay. Number and, one. Uh, <laughs> one thing I think is interesting is uh, school and everything. If it weren't for dad, I would have been uh, anyone average. He's teaching me to take initiative, and I really think that school doesn't teach you to take enough initiative, like yeah. do taking big step steps to improve yourself and stuff like that. It's more like it's obligation. Charlie. It needs you to conform because what's important yeah. to school, without being rude, and I don't know your school, but I do believe this, what's important to schools is the, the performance tables that they're in. Yes. And there are still some head teachers and some regular teachers out there that their heart is absolutely in the education of the children. Absolutely. Yes. Not knocking the teachers. But whatever you might want to do if your job is based on x number of kids passing at x grade and y number of kids going off to university i mean for me as a former university lecturer and a former university teacher i absolutely counsel my children against going to university there is no point at the age of 18 going to university to take a qualification that is based on the grades that you took at A level, which is based on the grades that you got at GCSE, is nothing about your passion. It's nothing about business potential. 
So in your case, Johnny, if you're thinking, and I'm just going to make this up, that you're thinking that what you want to do is create a foundation for other young people and share your knowledge with them, you don't need to go on a degree around business studies yeah. because you'll know more than the business studies lecturer because yeah. you've been Already. doing this <laughs> exactly. before you were 13. Yeah. And therefore, you're going to get yourself into debt through a degree, but more importantly, you're going to lose three years of your life and three years of the journey that you could be further ahead on. Yeah. Now, if when you are 25, you suddenly decide that actually what you need to do is become a lawyer, which you could if you want to, or you're passionate about becoming a doctor, and you make a step change, and that step change is for a profession that actually requires a very specific degree, like Charlie wants to be a doctor, she has to go learn how to doctor. Yeah. You know, that's different. But our system of, of keeping kids off of the unemployment register by shoving them through, you know, basically the meat grinder, even though I was part of that system and then churning them out at the other end, when all they're going to get to do is become employees. We should be working with young people, maybe put them through a one or a two year program of experiences so that they go work with um, older people, they go work with younger people, they go work with children, yep. they understand medicine, they go and look in businesses and do a little apprenticeship, all these sorts of things, and maybe even go and do some discipline through the army, St. John's Ambulance, the Navy, something like that, and you do all of these things on a rotation, then you come out two years later and go, right, I'm going to be an entrepreneur because I have that in me, or yes. I'm going to be an employee and there's no difference between the two. Exactly. They are both valuable. Yes. You can't be an employee um, without entrepreneurs to set up the businesses and you yeah. can't be a successful entrepreneur unless you've got employees to work in a business. And then, then this is the partnership going forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Uh, so that, well, yeah, it's really great that if that would be applied, then people will know which direction they are going in. That more like instead of being forced on a certain direction, because they don't have any idea. Some people don't have any idea that, I, that they even can take extra initiative and learn about different stuff so they can uh, choose their direction. Yeah. And, and when we were uh, quite a lot younger, Vicky, uh, the, the rock stars, they were the rock stars. And that was like a theoretical career path. The rock stars of today are actually the, the entrepreneurs. The, the biggest entrepreneurs are on stage just sharing their journey, the value, and inspiring others. And, and mm -hmm. you're also one of the entrepreneurs who are out there sharing stuff. The, the entrepreneur as a rock star artist uh, sharing, what do you think about that at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'd like to think that all the entrepreneurs were out there sharing from a good place but actually what there is also out there is a lot of people who maybe haven't walked the talk who are up there bringing people in uh who want to change their lives and they're getting hooked into programs that are not going to deliver what they want you yeah. know they go on the one program that costs them i don't know 400 quid then they go on another program that costs them a thousand and when they've done the thousand pound program they know better off than they were yep. they now know all they know for a thousand pounds extra is that they now need to buy the three day the three months the 12 months exactly. and i think there are too many people out there and and there is a thing about entrepreneurship right which is where you need to bring people in in order to leverage your skills 
But when actually what you've got is people teaching people that haven't done successful things, then I think I that there's something wrong in the programs there. And sadly, there's, there's a lot of that stuff. And off air, you and I could share a whole pile of names about yes. people programs we would never go anywhere near. And yep. particularly in the property world, there's, there's loads of gossip about that. But it's also in business and in marketing. And sometimes I see these people pop, pop up on Facebook and there is something coach or there is something business owner. And when you dig into it, actually all they've done is be on a program that put them on stage so that they got their speaker reel Yes. Um, they haven't. The book that they've written hasn't even been spell checked, and the only business that they've ever been in is giving money to other people in the hope that they will get rich. Yep. And then they create a Facebook and see who they can catch in their net, and it becomes almost like some Ponzi scheme. Yeah. You know? And I think I, I, I absolutely is genuine is hard. Yes, uh, and especially like I mean, especially linking back to your university career. And also what we're doing in terms of like helping other people to learn more about property investments. It's really tough to teach stuff that you had never done. Um, and then, well, there are, there's a good number of people out there that, that uh, manage to deliver stuff that is probably other people's stuff and they haven't necessarily delivered on. But I think the thing is, if you can find genuine, and I don't think I even want to say the word entrepreneur, but if you can find genuine people who've had genuine experiences and it's not PR and fluff and it's not bought testimonials and bought likes. You've got to dig in. You need to speak to people who've been their customers and not just the ones they want you to speak to, you know, do your homework yes. and then look at what you're going to get by spending time with this person. Even if all you're doing is going to listen to them, that is a day of your life. I mean, you will have paid for um, your trip out to Bali, you would have paid to be with Roger Hamilton, you would have paid to listen to him in money, but you also paid in terms of the time, and you said you had to take them out of school. So you were always doing this, I'm gonna give this up in order to get that. Well, if you're going to make that decision, you need to know that what you're investing in, this investing in you that there is actually a return not only on your money but a return on your time as well yeah well, well put i mean the, the the alternative cost of money is something that people usually don't think about at all no. so i mean by that for 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 the audience sake mainly it's like if you were doing something else what would be the cost of your time uh, yes that you either invest into yourself or, or developments or that you invest in making money, or that you invest on, on, on Netflix, or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I've spoken to my mentees about is working out the value of your time. Yes. And to sort of shortcut that for a minute, I say that every hour is worth a minimum of 200 pounds. So if you're going to spend an hour of your time listening to somebody else, whether you pay for that or not, then that has got to be worth 200 pounds to you. At the end of it, you've got to look at how you can increase your knowledge by 200 pounds worth. Yes. Now, I like to watch TV and I have to say, I love Netflix now. They, they really make some quality programs. It's my way of winding down at the end of the day because if you perform all day long at a really high level, that transition to being able to go to sleep needs to occur. And I don't find reading you know, someone's book 
I, I would never read your book at bedtime because all it'll do is make me worse. I'll be thinking more ideas. I've got to have this <laughs> yeah. staged process yes. Yes. to wind down. And for me, immersing myself in something on the TV, whether it's some sort of documentary, we watch an awful lot of medical stuff now because of Charlie, my Charlie, yes. not you, Charlie. Um, but also it could be just a film. You know, we've watched, we've just done the whole three box set of Stranger Things. Yes. Um, you can switch it on when you want. You can stop when you like. You don't have the adverts. Okay. It comes in sort of 45 minute blocks. But I'm aware of the fact that when I'm watching TV, I'm spending 200 pounds of my time. Yeah. Yeah. And if I choose that to do that in the evening, and I choose that that's my form of entertainment rather than maybe going out for a meal, Yep. then that's what I'm choosing to do and that's fine. If I chose to work TV, watch TV during the day, I'm spending £200 of my time in the day that I could have been leveraging my contacts, leveraging my money, leveraging my knowledge. Just, just do what you're going to do with this knowledge that it costs you time and it costs you money and that time has a value as well as the money it might cost you. So true. Uh, I, I try to be very disciplined. So when I'm in, in London, I try to be full on work, long working days and, and also leveraging lots of other people so that I, for almost half of my time, cannot work. So while mm -hmm. I'm in Spain, I try to work as little as possible so I can instead be with the family. Um, all right. Uh, time is really, really flying. Uh, we we, yes. we easily carry on for hours. I would not like to miss out on how people can follow your work. Um, yes where can people find you thank you well presumably on the podcast you'll put up some show notes so they'll yeah. know how to spell my name because yep. that's the trickiest bit spelling my name but if you can find my name then you can find me on Facebook um, I'm better on Facebook I'm not very good on LinkedIn as in I don't go there that often um, and I've just started out on Instagram and um, if you search me on Amazon you'll be able to find all of the books um, the Wealthy Retirement Plan is on there. It's still a bargain at $15.99. And I think the Kindle's just £1.99 at the moment. Yep. But what I've just started to do, because we've got a new development, which maybe we'll have to do another podcast on, is we've got a new development that we're doing. It's a residential, but it's got a whole property strategy behind it that's relevant to homeowners as well as investors. And those are being videoed under the hashtag Wushonomics. So that's W-H-O-O-S-H-O-N-O-M-I-C-S. So if you search for Wushonomics on Facebook um, and Instagram at the moment, and then in a couple of weeks it'll also be on YouTube, you'll be able to see the videos and the thinking that I'm evolving around making use of a residential property as part of your wealthy retirement plan. Because I think all aspects of our lives need to be focus on the fact that we've got very long lives ahead of us that we can enjoy and that we can make time to do really wonderful things create legacies as long as we plan for them yeah well surely a, a last one what could that be yeah last question so have you been to many different countries in the world maybe oh my gosh yes i did mention yeah. scuba diver well so, i've got a question for you sorry yeah. you. okay what has been your coolest office? Ah, well, you see, if I go away on holiday, I don't tend to take the work with me. Right. I would work on the plane, but when I get there, then I stop. Um, but I would say two really, really cool places I've been. Egypt, absolutely adore the Red Sea for diving. 
Um, yeah. We do a lot of um, going down to a place called Port Galib, which is near Master Alarm, and we get on the boats and we go out and there's no internet connection and we're in the middle of the sea and we don't see any other boats um, and just, you know, dive with sharks and with the little things is incredible. Um, but possibly the coolest, coolest place I've been is in Indonesia. It's a place called, an, an island an island called Sulawesi that is absolutely huge, this place. So if you look at the map, it's sort of to the right of Thailand, to give you a sense of where it is. Absolutely huge island. Um, took us three hours in a minibus to go from one side to the other, and we went diving there. And when we were there one time, we were there with a guy who discovered a little hairy octopus, which is only the size of your little finger. <laughs> so his head is your fingernail, and his legs were the rest of your little finger. And he had heard about this, and we'd never seen it before. And we were there under the water when this little critter was discovered for the first time, this little hairy orange octopus um, camouflaging itself from its predators. So those are really, really cool times. Really cool. Excellent. Wow. Excellent. Yeah, perfect. All right. So before the, the technology cuts us off, uh, we'd love to have a chat with you another time. Um, sure. Perfect. Thanks so much. Uh, for taking the time to join us on the podcast today my pleasure absolutely my pleasure can i finish with one question what's your sure. best office charlie yeah sure what's your best office my best office um must have been bali uh <laughs> because i knew i knew he was going to say that yeah must be bali and uh, here in sweden is also absolutely amazing Awesome. But I mean, what a privileged life you live, Charlie. Yeah. And, uh, and the sooner you can get sharing that with other young people, the better. And if I can yeah. help in any way, um, don't keep doing me on Facebook like your dad does. Just send me an email. I respond quicker. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, we, we'll, we'll pick Thank up you on so much to the two of you. I really, this has been great. Thank you very much. Until next time. Thank you. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.